Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. Texas is not back, and neither is Florida State. Is I, Rob Paul. A.K.A. the loser of this podcast because my Buckeyes got rolled on national television. And with me, as always, is A.J. Teton is back. Marchese. Uh, the alliance is strong and that's all that matters, Rob. I mean, both those games were wins for the alliance. You're right. The alliance just can't lose. I mean, hey, the, the new SEC teams dog shit the SEC is big losers the Alliance are big winners this week that's what I think the the takeaway is today we're talking all the NFL draft prospects who thrived and cried in week two of college football let's hit it going out to Vegas gonna set my draft gonna set my draft on fire seven 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 rounds in heaven with my lady Driving out to Vegas, baby Looking for a Stingley or Thibodeau Who's gonna bat it on draft day? Who's gonna wager future picks away? Who's gonna reach for a blue blood lineman? the home team let's go seven rounds let's go seven rounds together let's go seven rounds forever and that's a song i just took a big sip of my sports drink no not sportsdrink.org but if you've got a second head on down to sportsdrink.org the official website has launched, and as you know, Sports Drink is the podcast network we are a part of. So head on down to sportsdrink.org and look at our pictures. In other news, AJ started a new Spotify green room. This one revolves around basketball blue bloods, but not the, them playing the sport of basketball, but rather them playing football a lot of kentucky talk this week eh, aj yeah so uh tune in to my spotify green room called blue blood but bloodbath blue blood bloodbath it's a tongue twister <laughs> uh lots of kansas a- lots of kansas talk lots of kentucky talk as you'll get some of that on this show too so it's a bit of a tease uh and it's on spotify green room which is a live audio only sports talk platform that's free to download and to use it's where you can talk to other fans athletes and insiders in real time and it's perfect for watch parties debates post-game breakdowns and reacting to breaking news share your own experiences on the app all you need to do is download the spotify green room app free in the ios app store create a profile link your twitter join the group 
Follow all kinds of people to be notified when their rune goes live. AJ will be going live four times daily to talk Kansas football. And a little bit of Kentucky sprinkled in there. But they're getting too good, so maybe just yeah. Kansas. Yeah, maybe just Kansas. Um, Can you say blue blood bloodbath three times fast? Blue blood bloodbath. Blue blood bloodbath. Blue blood bloodbath. Blue blood bloodbath. Blood, 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 blood. That's pretty good. That wasn't bad. Come with your spiciest takes. Uh, okay. Speaking of college football programs... We're back. Week two in the books. It looked like a bad week on paper. Ended up being like a shockingly fun week. I don't know if it, I would describe it as great because week one set the bar so high with all those big, big time matchups. But week two was a very, I thought, enjoyable week other than my hopes and dreams being shattered immediately on Saturday. Yeah, I think Oregon made it because I, I mean, we both picked Ohio State to cover. One of us might have been doing that as a reverse jinx. I don't know, but... And it might have worked or it might have not worked, but um, yeah, I think I think Oregon kind of set the week. Other than that, it was okay. No, like that that was. I mean, yeah, it, it set you up early, huge upset in a game that wasn't like a blowout. But then even like going into those um, those like the mid afternoon games, Toledo like making Toledo, a game, yeah, Toledo turning that game into something to watch against Notre Dame, then Colorado. I really well, that wasn't fun to watch, but yeah, it was sure. it was un, but it would have been fun to watch if Colorado pulled it off. That's my take. It, was, it just became immediately. I spent four hours watching a ten seven game <laughs> for not even an upset, and I felt dumb. But Pitt in Tennessee um, was fun. Yeah. Yep, yeah, it was. It, it was a good secondary game during that uh, Oregon Ohio State game, just because Joe Milton just throwing bombs <laughs> to nobody. Yeah, that was great um, to watch. Iowa, Iowa State was exciting for the near over that the missed field goal didn't hit. Um, Arkansas piled on Texas, but I yeah. knew that was going to happen. Yeah, no, it was an okay week. And Kentucky Mizzou was, um, was actually a lot of fun, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, obviously, this upcoming week, we, we do have Alabama, Florida, Penn State, Auburn. Other than that, it, uh, I guess Arizona State, BYU, but other than that, it's kind of bare bones, but. Um, yeah, let's so let's let's get into it. Let's get into the superlatives. Who's your best freshman? We we talked last week. It's kind of hard to pull out, especially true freshman at this point. Um, I had one true freshman, one redshirt freshman, both quarterbacks, neither starters. Did you have uh, Did you have any non quarterback freshmen? I did. I only got two. Um, one, I think we we have an overlap. Anthony Richardson from Florida, probably. Uh, and my other one's a deeper cut, but do you, do you have, I assume you have Anthony Richardson with that little tease there. Yeah, yeah. So Anthony Richardson, who went three for three with 152 <laughs> yards and two touchdowns, ran for 115 and a touchdown. Uh, all while Emory Jones looked terrible, but yeah. apparently Richardson's still not going to be the starter. So I thought he, he was a, a pretty obvious one. Um, you and I were talking about him during that game as well, and just instant offense, huge person, huge arm, great athlete. I can't imagine if Emory Jones doesn't, like, I don't, I don't even, against Alabama, I guess I understand why you're not throwing Anthony Richardson into the fire now, but if by halftime Emory Jones is still in, I'll be shocked, I think. So I, I got Emory Jones somewhere else, but and I'm like, fuck, yeah, I figured me, we'll me talk too. about him here. Okay, okay. Save Jones-specific talk, but – 
Um, but why would you not get Anthony Richardson more involved in this game? He looks like the better player, period. And it's, yeah, okay, Emory Jones is a good athlete. Uh, <laughs> Richardson's a better athlete. Uh, Jones has a pretty good arm. Richardson looks like he's got a better arm. Uh, and then, again, more on Jones later, but his decision-making was fucking terrible, too. So I, I don't understand the reasoning. Honestly, I said this to you. I feel like Dan Mullen just feels like he owes Emory Jones a legit shot. And I can understand that to a point because, you know, he's been mixing him in as the, you know, as the, the Anthony Richardson role for years now, uh, kind of got his luck against Oklahoma. Um, looked at Flash, we talked about that in the summer, but I, I don't, I, I do get why you wouldn't start Anthony Richardson against Bama, but I don't understand why you wouldn't have seen this coming and then given Richardson more chances in the first two games. I I can't believe that in a game where every time Anthony Richards didn't Richardson did anything, it was an insane jaw dropping play against a shitty USF team. I can't believe he did, he wasn't just that's what I mean playing more. Yeah, I know. And like especially like why didn't he play the whole second half? Who cares? Um, you you can play him and then I I, I guess the the other argument is if Dan Mullen has no interest in making that quarterback switch. He needs to get Emory Jones more live game snaps, especially right. heading into Bama week. So I do, I guess you can you can justify it on either side, whichever side you, you feel like leaning. But when Richardson is looks so much better, I, I guess I don't get it. But I, it does come back to kind of what you're saying about maybe Dan Mullen feels he owes Emory Jones that shot before, before he makes that switch. So, But uh, Richardson does look like a freaking dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he does. He's he's six four two thirty five. He can spin it. He can run. He can hurdle. I yeah, he looks he looks like a dude. I again uh, more on Jones later, but again, I don't, I don't. I'm not totally sure the logic. I don't know if any Florida reporters have asked Mullen what what's going on about the situation. I haven't checked Twitter the last couple of days, but yeah, I, I would love to know. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you get a non answer, but I'd love to know the real answer of why they're not giving Richardson more looks. Um. I'll, I'll throw my other guy in here, too, because he's also a freshman quarterback. Tyler Buckner, who uh, came in, sim- it was kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Cohen was some up-and-down play, also dislocated his finger. Um, but Buckner, who who's uh, one of the top, was one of the top quarterback recruits in the country last year and is the future at the position uh, in um, South Bend, he, he came in periodically through – Went three for three, seventy-eight, eight yards on touchdown. Ran for sixty-eight yards against Toledo. Kind of for a bit there, it looked like Toledo might actually pull that upset. Buckner kind of reinvigorated the offense at times. Um, and now I don't think he'll legitimately push Jack Cohen this year. But the position looks to be in good hands for the future for uh, the Fighting Irish. They lose that game if not for the couple plays Buckner made. Um, right, like his his mobility made a big difference. He looks like the most. I mean, Ian Buck was Ian Buck. Obviously, he was a great quarterback for the Irish. Buckner looks like the 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 most exciting quarterback they've had. They've had <laughs> this, this century, maybe since, I don't know. <laughs> since, since Brady Quinn. Since Brady Quinn. No, um, oh, I'm forgetting the quarterback's name on the in the '90s teams. I'm blanking on his name. Anyways, um, he was fun. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Buckner Sick. looks legit, and yeah, I agree with you. Like he's not going to push Cone, but should he? Probably Cone wasn't good. But, well, 
at the very minimum, I think you're now going to see Buckner maybe get a few yeah. consistent snaps a game, right? Just to take advantage of that mo- mobility, keep a defense honest. Um, because, yeah, he totally adds a, a different uh, flavor to that offense than what Jack Cohen does. Notre Dame looks like they're playing with fire right now. Like, it's a, it's a talented roster. We know that. They've got a couple injuries, especially on the offensive line, and that hurts. But they look like they're going get, to get got soon because they survived the skin of their teeth these first two weeks against teams that they should be kicking their ass, period. I know Florida State was a special environment, and Toledo's a really good program. But look what happened with Florida State this past week. Um, so I, they're, they're playing with fire. Maybe Purdue goes in there this week. I don't have this in my picks, but maybe Purdue goes in and, and beats them. I I uh, I uh, I considered it. I I ended up making a switch because I liked something a little bit more. But I I was gonna take Purdue. So um, Notre Dame looks susceptible. Uh, do you have any another freshman? I do. Uh, a bit of a deeper cut. This guy flashed big time on Friday night. Uh, I had him a weekday warrior, and then like, wait, he is a freshman. Uh, it's Coastal Carolina's edge Josiah Stewart, who was just wrecking Kansas's yeah. shit. He had three and a half sacks on uh, on the new goat that we'll talk about later, just Jason Bean. Uh, <laughs> just an absolute monster, and a guy out of nowhere. Um, so I want to give him some credit. I just wanted to give uh, Jamie Chadwell in that program because obviously that, that defense was really, really good at stretches last year too, the Black Swarm or the Teal Swarm, whatever mm-hmm. jersey they're wearing. Uh, it was the White Swarm this week. But reloading like that already, getting getting freshmen in there and producing like this against a power five in quotation marks team, uh, that's big time. And that's that's signs that this isn't just a one year, not that anyone's saying that, but it's signs that this is legit. Well, it's I think it's, it's especially impressive that, so they had Teron Jackson last year, he mm-hmm. gets drafted. This year we're looking at Jeffrey Gunter as a potential draft pick on been, the defensive line. It's been pretty good the first Plus two weeks. He, Plus C.J. Brewer, yep. plus Drog Clark at some point, and now out of nowhere you get the this freshman Josiah Stewart, who, I I mean, like you said, he just wrecked Kansas shit on Friday night. It was impressive. No, for sure. That's that's something. And then obviously Chadwell's scheme on offense is great. Uh, they got Grayson McCall in a second year, and he, he he's a dude, obviously. Um, well, I'm blanking on the running back's name, but he came in. He's a junior. Uh, I forget his name. White or something. Um, he looked really good, replacing obviously uh, CJ Maribel. They're yeah, reloading, white. yeah, white, um, and they're they're reloading. Uh, that's that's impressive. Okay, so I didn't I didn't have a ton in, in the freshman category. I thought there was a lot of sophomores you could you could kind of go to this week. I'll let you go first. Oh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the easy one then. Jackson Smith and Jigba, who was uh, Ohio State's best player. Period. I thought. Um, yep. didn't, didn't lead them in, in receptions, but led them in yards seven for 145, two touchdowns. And like every single one of them felt impressive. Um, every single one of them was in a big spot. It felt like too. like Olave had 12 grabs, but he felt more like just the, the guy to kind of, you know, the, the game, the ball to him, like not saying he had a bad and, game at all, but just to highlight how great, uh, Smith and Jigba was. He, uh, he, he's an interesting one too, because, um, five star. Out of the state of Texas, kind of followed Garrett Wilson's footsteps um, uh, to to from Texas to Columbus. Um, last year didn't play a ton, but of their freshman receivers, he he kind of had the most lasting Flashy. memory. Yeah, with that that insane touchdown grab in the back of the end zone, he floated. Yeah, um, yeah. 
And then, yeah, there was all this hype through spring because he would be taking over as the third receiver. And then, obviously, in that game, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba all put up huge numbers. But he put up, like, he was, I think, the, like you said, kind of the the most dynamic. Yeah. Not that the other two played poorly or anything. They were all incredible. But he he he's the next great Ohio State receiver is what it feels like. Yeah. No, that's fair. And all these guys kind of, like, they're all – I don't know if it's just me seeing the scarlet and gray, and uh, when I see that, I see red only. <laughs> but they they all feel so similar to me, like the, you know McLaurin and Wilson and Olave and Smith and Jake. But I don't know, they just all feel like the same dude. And it might just be because I'm like I'm just angry in my head. I'm like, why do these assholes keep coming out playing so great? But I don't know. I don't know if I'm right. And obviously, this is a loss coming off, so I'm I'm double happy. But they all feel so similar to me. It's like they yeah they're, they're they have their types. They find them and they they uh, they develop them. They're all very similar in terms of size Stature, yeah. and in skill set and almost. You now Garrett Wilson and, and Smith and Jigba are, are are very twitchy, but like yeah. they're all so smooth and the route running. I think, mm-hmm. uh, which I think it's a testament to Brian Hartline. Uh, yeah, no, for who sure. might be the, the the best recruiter in college position, coach recruiter in college football right now. No, that's a good point. Probably is. Um. Okay. So you want a Buckeye? So I'll go. I'll go Wolverine out of respect. Blake Corum. Yeah. Ran for 171, three touchdowns against Washington. Uh, him and Hassan Haskins were, uh, like Haskins was, uh, like kind of Mister more consistent, but Corum was flashy. And there was a couple of plays inside runs where there wasn't a ton of daylight, and he was so swift and light footed, and he'd make something happen. I I found him really fun to watch. Corm is really good. He was very fun to watch. Uh, he, he's the big play threat. They call him Thunder and Lightning with Haskins and Corm. Um, no, they're in good hands. They're in good hands with those two. And then Donovan Edwards uh, is supposed to be big things too. Um, yeah, Corm is really good. By the way, uh, breaking news right now from uh, Brett McMurphy. Uh, Phil Dracovic likely out for the season with a hand injury, getting surgery too. Oh, yeah. my God. That really sucks. Yeah, sorry, that's us. That really does suck. That sucks wow. big time. Um, That's w- w- just just a comment on that really quick. And the quarterback class has been struggling through two weeks, mm-hmm. and and that was one of the bigger names in it. Uh, looking like r- rough shape for uh, quarterback needy teams. Uh, anyway, back to it. Yeah, uh, I'll flip back to the Ohio State Oregon game. Flip the field. Uh, yep. Go with linebacker Noah Sewell for the Ducks, who uh, yep had a great game. I think it started well, not even started, but I think that the big play. Uh, was that fourth and two where yep. uh, Mumford kind of tried to climb and, and get to him, but no soldiers beat him to the hole and made that huge tackle that forced the turnover. That that was kind of the story of the game where Ohio State just kept getting stopped on those fourth downs or in the red zone. And I, obviously the game ended up being really close, but those were the the big differences. And Sewell seven tackles, um, kind of felt like he was all over the field. A, lot, a couple of those ducks were all over the field though, but uh, no well, Justin uh, Flo too he- either. And uh, Sewell Sewell really stepped up. No, no, Kayvon Thibodeau, no Justin Flo, and yeah, Sewell looked like uh, a freak of nature. I, I was watching the game with producer James, and I was telling him how Sewell's a 260-pound sophomore linebacker who plays like he's 230 pounds. Like, yeah. he's flying around the football. Yeah, no, for sure. Him, him, good good weekend for the Sewell uh, family. Benet Sewell played pretty damn well at left tackle. Um, yeah, for sure. I'll I'll jump to the the TCU Cal game where 
Zach Evans and Quentin Johnson both had huge games and a comeback win over Cal. Evans ran for 190 uh, in a score. Quentin Johnson had 95 yards, two touchdowns. Quentin Johnson was flashy as a freshman last year. Evans is the highest-rated uh, player Gary Patterson's ever landed for TCU. Um, after a early bad pick six by Max Duggan, uh, TCU kind of put it together, and, and they, they, they got some guys. They got some guys. You're the biggest Max well, Duggan fan, too, so... I, I, well, he looks so much like Andy Dalton. <laughs> he does. But yeah, no, a, a, Evans Evans was just, there was one, he, his on his touchdown run, um, he just, like, the safety was coming downhill at him, and Evans erased the angle, and I it just, the burst, and he's like a 215-pound back doing that. Uh, I think that's a guy we're going to be talking about at some point. And Quentin Johnson was just, both his touchdowns were sick. Um Speaking Anyone of, you want to mention? yeah, speaking of professional football player resemblances. Yeah, this is my last one, too. <laughs> baby Gronk was looking like baby Gronk, baby. Um, Notre Dame stunk. We always, they, they pulled it off. We already mentioned that. But uh, Michael Meyer was really, really good. Um, and look, legit looking like Gronk. He's, of all the players who got the baby Gronk title, he's, he resembles him the most, I guess. Um, he's big. But he was moving really, really well. That that one touchdown where he kind of just stuck his foot in the ground, hit the stem. That was that was terrific. That that was a little too um, like that was a little too quick for a man of his size. That was really impressive. Yes, yes. Uh, and I want to say he like he he played, pre, like he made some splashy plays against Florida State. Had a couple drops though. This yeah. was a good rebound game for him. I totally agree. Yeah, seven catches, eighty-one yards, two touchdowns. He's the best thing about the Notre Dame passing game. Uh, and it's not close. I mean, yeah, maybe no, maybe yeah. Kyron Williams and Pat's pro. <laughs> Those are the two. Fact. Uh, okay, weekday warrior. Where we didn't have a lot of weekday games to choose from. I'm assuming this is just going to be Kansas Coastal Carolina talk, uh, unless you you tuned into that Utah State North Dakota game, which maybe no, they... <laughs> I just I, I just watched the one game Friday night, so I, I'm going to go All with right. like. I'm going to go to Coastal Carolina. I'll, I'll mention Jason Bean later, so I'll save that. that that's a whole okay. section. I was uh, just going to call Jason Bean a warrior in general for you, but... He is. No, no, I put him, I put him from out of nowhere, so we'll talk about him later. He's a okay. lot of fun. Okay. Uh, uh, I, I think the the easy choice here is Javon uh, Hale. Highly. Yeah, yeah, that's highly, what I chose. Whatever. Yeah, who... Did I pick him for small school last week? You did, yeah. And he was my guy over the summer from the mm-hmm. from the Sun Belt. I had him rated the highest wide receiver of the Sun Belt. Uh, living up to it. Him and Grayson McCall. He just feels like like Mr. Uh, consistent uh, when I watch him. Yeah, he's, and I think that was your takeaway really in the summer, smooth. actually. Yeah. Yeah, he's just really smooth. He does everything pretty well. There's not like uh like he's not gonna he's not gonna run like a big time forty and um I he's not like the most dynamic yak guy or anything, but he tracks the ball well. He's very smooth through his routes. Uh, I just I think he's gonna carve out an NFL career. Yeah, and like, like it's he's one of those guys like he had six catches for 122 and a touchdown. And like when you watch the game, he's making the plays, but you're like you're not blown away by the game. But then you see the stat line, you're like you know that feels right. Yeah. He had a really good game. Well, it's funny. Last week it was six for 133. This week six <laughs> for 122. Just gonna keep doing six for about whatever. Yeah, next week. Yeah. Um. Okay. So the yeah, week week for uh, 
for weekday warriors, but um, hey, don't worry. We got Ohio, Ohio and Louisiana, you're, baby. <laughs> yeah, you're Ohio. Bob. Plus, hey, we get Maryland, Illinois. That's cool. I, I no, like the- no one's talking about. No one's been talking about after Illinois had the the week zero win over Nebraska. No one's been talking about them just getting pumped the last two weeks. <laughs> They're a disaster. Um, I'll call my shot. Uh, Demas is going to be weekday warrior next episode. I, I think that's that's kind of the guy we're tuning in for on Friday night, right? I think so. Unless it's Tulua. Tulua's been really fun too. But anyway, hey, yeah, no, 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 definitely, definitely. Um, it's not Art Sikowski. The Heisman <laughs> run is over. Okay, into the good stuff. Into the into the meat of the show. Best prospect. Uh, start on offense because I think defense is more obvious. Uh, yeah, offense. I didn't have someone. Obviously, it starts with the quarterbacks. Usually, the easy ones to slot. Most times, we do these shows. Obviously, I, we didn't. I didn't watch the Oklahoma game, so I, I don't know how. Rather, obviously, had a really great stat line, but I wouldn't have considered it. They, they won seventy six nothing against Western Carolina. Western Carolina. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's why I didn't watch the game. Um, so I, I, I kind of scanned the rest. I, I honestly on Saturday, I didn't come away with anyone that was like, "Holy fuck, they're amazing! They're clearly my well, best prospect." Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say because last week, obviously, we, we both went with Olave, mm-hmm. and Olave was it was like he was awesome yeah but it wasn't like in a losing effort and it wasn't it was more of a mr consistent like he Agreed. just kept picking up first downs on, on like quick quick balls um so i and i didn't want to go kind of repeat there um i ended up with Tyler Linderbaum. Me too. Fuck. <laughs> oh, okay. Fuck. That's weird. Well, yeah. yeah. No, because I'm with you in that there was, like, removing offensive line play from the equation. There was no, like, di- like sh- no one blew you away skill no. position-wise. But then when you watch the Iowa-Iowa State game, Linderbaum was just awesome. Just some of the things he does, some of the reach blocks he makes. Yes. And that Iowa offense wasn't particularly exciting. Um, just kind of ball control. But uh, some of the reach blocks he was making, yep. and that's a good Iowa State defense. Um, he was he. I don't know. He's making blocks. I don't think any other center in the country can make. Right yeah. Now. He, so I was gonna I was gonna say he wasn't flashy, flashy or anything, um, but he flashed the athleticism and he was just steady. He was strong. He was moving well, as was, well as ever. Yeah. Go ahead. Short area quickness, yep. leverage, climbing ability. Yep. Um, even in pass pro. He was really uh, good. Iowa State, yeah, Iowa State's got um, a couple big boys. Can't even think of their nose tackle's name. But he is, like, one of the biggest players in the country. And I thought Linderbaum, who that was kind of my key concern with him mm-hmm. for a prospect who I think is a first-round guy. Uh, my, my main concern was how will he hold up and pass for a one-on-one. Like, will Zanker improve? Because that, that had been um, the more inconsistent part of his game. And I thought he looked really good. He did a really good job when he did even kind of almost get put on skates. He did a really good job, like re-anchoring, resetting, mm-hmm. and it kind of comes back to his base and his leverage. And he just gets under dudes. Yeah, it's he gets the rest, under dudes. It's the so he can back sit up, down man. with them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, he beat Tristan Wirfs, even though Tristan Wirfs beat him the first nine times. Uh, <laughs> PF, I think PFF said he's had like eighty-seven pass pro reps the first two weeks. Uh, one pressure, zero sacks, which is which is really good. Um, and look, he actually got love from Herbie on the broadcast too. He had that really nice uh, kick and seal, like you said, just the movement blocks on the first Iowa touchdown. I think it was. Uh, I saw Dane Brugler from the Athletic tweet out uh, Monday morning. 
Uh, really sweet clip where he just got to the second level on a linebacker and just bullied him and put him in the dirt. So flashing the the, the meanness. Uh, yeah, so I think he definitely deserved offensive prospect. Yeah, and again, like like you said, like there was no quarterbacks who showed out in like marquee games, and outside of yeah, Chris Olave, there there wasn't a lot of interest in it. I think Linderbaum just straight up deserved it. Agreed. Uh, I want to uh, hear de- you have defense. for defensive, Rob. I want you to say it. Hey, um, I mean. The best team in the Big Ten. They got the best pass rusher <laughs> in the Big Ten. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan, who yeah. you talked up last week, but it was against Western uh, Michigan. Uh, this week, Western Michigan might be able to beat the Washington Huskies. I don't really know. I think he might but, be. But uh, <laughs> this week, H- Hutchinson against Washington and against not Jackson it wasn't Kirkland. all against it wasn't all against Jackson Kirkland. But when it was against Jackson Kirkland, who is a legit NFL prospect on the offensive line, he was winning two and a half sacks plus a hurry. Um, he he just he was dominant, it, and it wasn't like he won in one way. My favorite was one of the sacks where he went speed to power. Mm-hmm. He put Kirkland on 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 skates, and as he was getting to Dill Morris, he just clubbed over and then easy sack. He also the I think you you tweeted that one out and then you tweeted the next one too where it was just like a uh, quick inside swipe move yeah and it, it it was just for the hurry but like plus that plus he had a sack uh, I think Washington was inside the ten he came away with a sack then there was another one where I don't know they they decided to block him one on one with a tight end and Dill Morris like I don't think he knows how to play quarterback anyway he's like rolled right and rolled right into Hutchinson and the tight end and like got. <laughs> Got like clothesline, it made me laugh. But yeah, Aiden Hutchinson was dominant. Yeah, like honestly, he was the best defensive prospect for sure. I think best overall. Um, you could also put him for outplay the box score because I feel like his his stats uh, weren't as good as he actually was. Because like you just said, he dominant. Um, kicked Kirkland's ass. I'll say it. Uh, I put Kirkland for sliding down the board because he needed a performance. Some people peg him as a first round pick. I wasn't there in the summer kicked his ass the first sack you know early i thought kirkland was doing a pretty solid job where it was like Hutchinson was was you know working him a bit but kirkland was hanging in there and then the first sack uh like kirkland did a pretty good job but Hutchinson kind of just outworked him and got to morris as morris kind of started to leave the pocket and then after that it was just all downhill from there and Hutchinson again it wasn't all against kirkland but he really he really kicked his ass yeah yeah, yeah, when, and when he was up against the right tackle, he's winning, and anytime Clay yeah. Helton just got fired. Oh, good, good stuff. Wow, breaking news: Clay Helton out. Uh, I'm gonna jump on a Spotify green room where I cover all Pac-12 coaching firings only. Welcome um, to welcome welcome to um, Southern California, James Franklin. I'm shocked that they did it like today but i think it's the right choice uh did they do it today because they know like they can beat washington state even with whoever i'm assuming graham harrell takes over that's i think that's where the difference was where like they can just go to graham harrell and see if if he's if he's got the guts right like they kind of get the first Shot him and I, I, hey, I'm gonna talk some USC later negatively because they were shit. But but I do I think it's smart. You know, Helton is is bad. He deserves to get fired for this terrible performance. And you get a you get an advanced look to see if Harold is 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 good yeah, enough no, you're, as head you're, coach. 
And I and I don't think that's, I don't think that'll appease the masses. Just given what's, like I don't think Graham Harrell's the same sexy name he was two years ago. No, after I, his I, first I don't. Year at USC, I don't think he's gonna right? get the job. I agree. I don't think he's gonna no, get the no, job. No, no, no. But you give but him a But it's shot. a good audition for sure. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Um, I think they're gonna throw all their money at James Franklin. Um, anyway, sorry, sorry, sorry. Back to Hutchinson talk. No, I think I think we're good. I think that's it. He kicked ass. Okay. Yeah, he, um, I think through the first two weeks, he's the guy who's kind of, even though he was a top prospect entering the year, he's done the most for himself almost, you know what I mean? Yeah, like. Just because he's confirmed mm -hmm. he's gotten, not only has he confirmed he's healthy, Yeah, he's confirmed he's gotten better, and he look like he's playing like the best potentially the best edge rusher in the class just because Kayvon Thibodeau has been injured, right? Yeah. So, and especially when you compare him to more on this later, but when you compare him to a guy like Zach Harrison, like Aiden Hutchinson's playing at a way higher level. No, he's been the best Andy. best pass rusher in the country through the first two weeks. Okay, shooting up the board. Um, Let's start with the quacks because, hey, I got to give them all the credit in the world. By the way, Michigan, Oregon, best friends now because – <laughs> We beat Washington. They beat Ohio State. Uh, what a beautiful Saturday! Um, I gotta I gotta give first credit to uh, Verone McKinley, the safety, who um, just felt like he was everywhere oh. for the Ducks. What's up? S sorry, sorry, sorry. Speaking of the Ducks, uh, interim head coach is Dante Williams, who was the Ducks DB coach before going to USC to be DB coach. Yeah, I would have given I would have given Harold a shot, but anyways, that sucks. Uh, I I do kind of I do. I do kind of get it in terms of just like Graham Harrell coached the offense, but no, no, for, for mean, consistency I, this year and like trying to write yeah. the ship and, and see what they can do in the Pac 12, uh, this makes more sense. But for the future of the program, I would have given Harold the look. Um, no, I, I, I understand what they did there. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, but they're shit. They're going to lose. UCLA is the dominant. The best team in LA, Rams included, uh, Chargers included. Anyways, Ron McKinley just felt like Sorry. he was everywhere. It's okay. Yeah, I've got him. I've got him too, especially because, like, the Ohio State passing offense was pretty good. I mean, like Garrett Wilson, uh, Olave, and Jackson Smith and Jigba all topped 100 yards. CJ Stroud didn't like. I don't think you could blame CJ Stroud for this loss. But Verone McKinley, when they needed big plays on the back end, he stepped up. Yeah, it was the moments. I think that's the difference. It was just, like I mentioned earlier, the fourth downs and just the, the individual moments, I think it was the difference between an Ohio State win and Ohio State lost. And McKinley, were, were maybe Stroud, Stroud, I don't think he had a bad game, but those moments he didn't step up and McKinley did. And we saw the early one where he was just like, all day though, roaming in the middle of the field, uh, dislodging the ball after the catch multiple times, just... Timing his arrival at the ball perfectly. Uh, he forced the fumble on the kick return, which was just a great baller play. And then, obviously, he had the game-sealing interception after Stroud just, I yeah. don't fucking, air-mailed it. I, I, or was he trying to throw it away? I don't think so. I, terrible. I don't think so. Terrible, I think terrible it was just throw. a horrible throw, and he should have yeah. ran. Yeah, that was brutal. Uh, but, again, freshman. Um, yeah, but but McKinley just a baller. A baller of a, of a week for McKinley. A Swiss Army knife on the back end, too. Yeah. Um, I think he's a guy who we, we kind of talked about. Was it going into last year we kind of talked about him a bit? I think so. And then uh, just he, 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 he the kind of the buzz quieted, but like I think it's going to build back up just because that type of DB is invaluable. A guy who can play special teams and play several positions on the back end. Yeah, um, for no, sure. He was, he was great. 
I'm gonna. Uh, you you mentioned um, you mentioned Purdue earlier. I I mean UConn sucks, but David Bell. If you just watch the plays David Bell made against UConn, it was incredible. Uh, his one yak play was just yeah. stupid. He was just dumb. Like he he he's a Sunday player playing against a bunch of guys who shouldn't maybe shouldn't be even in in the FBS. I don't know. I don't know. Should UConn be in the FBS? Who knows. But uh, no, David Bell. I I think he had, he I almost considered as for offense. But then I was like, it's against UConn for offensive best prospect. But it's against UConn, so I didn't. But um, he was incredible. He, I think maybe all the best highlights of the week were generally from him. Plus, plus maybe he's gonna be best offense player of the week next week when he single handedly takes down the fight in Irish. I think yes, that's, please. I hope so too. I hope. I definitely hope he's. I hope we're talking about him next week in a positive. positive yeah, way. And I think for the Big be. Ten, we love the Big Ten. <laughs> I do. Uh, speaking of the Big Ten, here's the transition. Uh, I just wanted to give him some credit because we didn't mention him last week. Riley Moss, Iowa safety, going back to safety. Uh, last week he had two pick sixes against Indiana, so we didn't mention him last week. And just another really good game against Iowa State. Uh, led the team in tackles. Kind of just solid. Uh, Iowa State really couldn't do much in the past game. I thought he was pretty solid in coverage. I, I think Riley Moss has done a really good job the first two weeks. Um, speaking of Iowa, I'm going to throw Jack Campbell in here. I think Jack mm-hmm. Campbell had a, a, a pretty nice game himself. Did. So did Matt Hankins, by the way, their corner. This, this Iowa defense is really good. It is. It is. But uh, Jack Campbell, just that size and that the, the movement skill um, – Mm-hmm. He he was kind of just flying everywhere, making some big plays. Um, he, I think, him and like we talked about it earlier last year. Brandon Smith and him are just going to slowly incre- like move up the board through the through the year. I think as as uh, as Iowa and Penn State play in bigger games and they get more playing time. Uh, and Campbell had the the touchdown on the on the Brees Hall fumble, um, right kind of at the goal line. Yep. Um, which was obviously a big turning point in this game um, to, to kind of make you feel like there's no way Iowa State's going to win. Uh, I will stick with the same color scheme, uh, black and gold, but uh, travel south a little bit to Mizzou, to your son, uh, Tyler Batty, the running back, one of your favorite guys in the summer, I feel like. Yep. Uh, he was fun as hell against uh, Kentucky. Uh, the offense just like, kind of went through him for a lot of the game. 14 carries, 61 yards, 10 catches for 88 yards, and a touchdown. You said in the summary he's going to be um, one of those dudes at satellite back. He might be the top satellite back in the class when we get there. Um, explosive, shifty, just making so many plays. He looked great. And uh, Mizzou lost, obviously, but uh, they look like they're going to be fun. Yeah, both my guys in that game, on uh, one on each team, making big plays, more on the other later. Um, I'm going to go to, uh, to the Arkansas, Texas game where one, I love Arkansas. Mm -hmm. Arkansas is my favorite team now. Um, from one red team to another, uh, one thought before I get into my prospect, KJ Jefferson, like looks like an NFL pass rusher. He is so big. He's, (laughs) he might be the biggest quarterback in the country. I think he might be. He's fun. Um, he's very fun. But his starting center is my shooting up the board. Ricky yeah. Stromberg, I, I thought, was the best player on that, that uh, Arkansas offense uh, as they upset Texas. Um, 
he just kind of controlled the line of scrimmage, and he was a big part of why they ran for 333 yards and four touchdowns. He was dominating some big-time, big-boy prospects on the Texas defensive line. Uh, really, really good job just kind of um, attacking angles and, and, and just turning guys. He just kept turning guys. You just turn them, get them out of the gap, and bam, there'd be a tra- tra- uh, trail on spent like 10-yard run. And um, in pass protection, too, I thought he was just kind of shut down. And that's against a, a Texas defensive line with a lot of talent. No, he, he was great. I think that's a really, really good point. And um, after Linderbaum, I don't know if any other centers helped him. Like, well, Linderbaum's just been Linderbaum, but I don't think any other centers helped himself as much as uh, Strombricks the, the first couple of weeks of the season. Um, yeah. I, I, I will mention one more center later, though, who I ooh. think uh, has helped himself. Okay, uh, I gotta go to to some to Michigan corner quickly. Only two guys. We already mentioned one. Uh, you, you mentioned Blake Corum for sophomore. I thought, and we mentioned Hassan Haskins. I thought Haskins was great too. Not like he's some big flashy dude, but just you know, running hard, hitting the hole, breaking tackles. Uh, he looks like he, he's gonna get a good shot to be an RB two in the NFL. Yeah. And other side of the football, uh, Josh Ross, who is kind of an interesting dude. He's a fun guy. Six two two twenty four. He's a really good pass rusher. He's a good athlete. He's got a really high motor. Uh, kind of like that weird tweener spot. Uh, 11 tackles, a TFL, pass breakup, three uh, QB QB hits. Um, just could be a really interesting Sam option that you can you know you can blitz him consistently. Not an every town, not an every down guy in the NFL, but something you can kind of get in and kind of scheme in. I think he could be a really fun uh, tool for an NFL team. I like it. Uh... I'm actually surprised you didn't, you haven't said this guy yet. Um, Nate, Nate Lyman. I saved him best for yeah. last, baby. <laughs> okay, perfect. Ten tackles, two TFLs, two pass breakups against Texas A&M. We were watching the game. You're like, Lyman's just literally everywhere. Yep. And he's coming off season, season-ending injury from last year, taking advantage of the COVID year. Um, he, I, I don't know, Nate Lyman's just such a throwback linebacker, and he's just so fun. And I, uh, I don't know, a guy with that type of physicality and, and instincts and kind of, yeah. he's like a Big Ten linebacker, but he plays at Colorado, which Colorado, welcome to the Big Ten. <laughs> they're, they're the most but, Big Ten school west of the, west of the Mississippi, and that's some Big Ten schools in, included. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe not Iowa, I guess. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Lyman was all over the place, man. And like, like you said, instincts, just old school, but I, I don't think he's a, like a terrible athlete either. I think he's legit. Um, like again, like a day three guy that you're gonna yep. grab and he's gonna be on your rugby team for a long background. Time. Rugby background. I love Nate Lyman. <laughs> Me too. He's really really fun. Um, that that was my last one. Do you have anybody else? No, I saved Lyman for last too. <laughs> okay, let's let's jump to sliding down the board. Um, who's your number one this week? So I, I went with Jackson Kirkland just because of the way he got his ass kicked, but it's almost not fair because Hutchinson was so good. I just wanted to talk about it I, more. Yeah, I, I ended up putting him for prospect and made me look stupid. Okay, okay, Let, let's let's do a quick thing. So we already mentioned Hutch just ate him up, but then then some Scottish guy comes in, David Ojogbo, uh, and he was giving him the business at the end of the game too. Ate him with a nasty spin move, so it wasn't just no go pass rusher and, and, Aiden Hutchinson. It was just a bad game from Jackson Kirkland. I thought Kirkland was playing really lungy. 
I thought mm, he was yeah. playing off balance and lungy, and again, not even just against like when Aiden Hutchinson's Aiden Hutchinsoning you, mm-hmm. like like on that speed to power I was talking about, or even that double swipe. Like I can wrap my head around it being a a blue chip prospect yeah. versus you, but but when he was just like fundamentally, he looked uh, out of place for a handful of snaps and wasn't only getting beat by Aiden Hutchinson. I thought it was a tough week for him. And he's a guy I think should kick inside a guard, but he's also very tall. Like he, he's a taller. He's six, seven. He's six, seven. Yeah. And the, the leverage was a problem here, but also his feet were messy. Yeah. And he was, he was just, he seemed really off balance for a lot of the game and just lunging and he'd lunge. And then whoever it was would just, I don't know, take advantage of him being completely out of position. It was, it was happening too much. Yeah, and like this is a guy. Hey, I said the catchphrase, where he <laughs> he was getting like people. People think he's a first round pick. Some people, some people think he's a first round yeah. prospect. I wasn't there. Not at me, all. for the record. Not me. Not, not me. But not I was higher either. on him than you were. Yeah, but not by much. We were. We weren't. I think you had him like like a early fourth or something like that. And I, yeah. I had him like like a little bit later. Not much later. So I was. I was. I liked him too. I just thought he was a little disappointing. That's really what I came away with in the summer. Um, and I thought this was a disappointing game. So yeah, it just. Like, did he look like he could be draftable? Of course, he still got the talent. But I just, as a guy who was touted as a first round pick by some, um, getting beeped that bad by Hutch and then getting beeped by other dudes, that's that's not a good yeah. look. Um, I think you could just you're going to be able to pencil a lot of quarterbacks who had because everyone was trying to put, plant their flag in the summer on different quarterbacks. I think that weren't named Spencer Rattler. Yeah. Um. So you're going to be able to pick. pick probably a couple quarterbacks each week if you really wanted to. Uh, this week, the two that stood out to me were well, Emery Jones, who who you were mentioning earlier, obviously, because that, that a guy who hadn't started in PFF was like claiming he's going to be number one pick or whatever. Uh, and then Caden Slovis. It's just every time you watch Caden Slovis, you're like, what happened here? Okay. I got I got st- stuff on both here. Can, let's start with Emery Jones. Cause I put him who prospect who made me look stupid. And it's not like I was big on him. But I did think he was interesting. We both talked about him in the summer that he could be a guy that, that could make a bit of a leap. Really, this is PFF looking stupid. <laughs> like, like you just said, flashes are there. The The touchdown throw was nice, and PFF freaked out about that, which was such a weird fucking look. But he was so, so, so bad. And, like, it was just hanging in the pocket for, like, 10 seconds and taking a sack when you're that kind of athlete. Ridiculous. Uh, the, the, the interceptions were brutal. Just, like, I don't know, staring down his receiver – Missing his receiver and throwing it right to a DB. I, I don't know what the, the second interception was. Um, he doesn't see the field, it feels like. And uh, personally, the biggest reason I put him here for prospects who made me look stupid uh, is because they would have fucking covered this game easy if they played Anthony Richardson. He was the reason they didn't cover against USF. So. <laughs> also, hold on. Can, Love it. I, I know we talked about Richardson's stats earlier, but here, let me frame this with Jones's, okay? So, Richardson, 3 for 3, 152 yards. Emory Jones had 151 yards, one yard less on 14 of 22. Obviously, threw two picks, one less touchdown. He ran for less yards on 13 carries than Richardson had on four carries by 30 yards. Uh, ridiculous. I want to see Anthony Richardson. Me too. Uh, moving to Slovis, he just – too often it, it feels like um, he just doesn't seem confident in the pocket anymore. He doesn't he, – he doesn't – make great decisions he doesn't throw a great ball um I, he just doesn't look like the guy he looked like as a freshman 
Yeah. Okay. So what I did here is I paired Slovis with Drake London, who I thought both were very disappointing. And well, London, Drake London was super overrated, I think, as a as a prospect in the year too. Exactly. I mean, you could have put him for overhyped. He was probably a great pick for overhyped this week too. Um, yeah. So here, let's start with Slovis. He he was he, like just bad rhythm, I think, and then he got into the rhythm a bit in the third, but and then it just completely fell apart when he threw the pick six and on to the pick six. It went right through Drake London's hands. But yeah. it was behind him too. It wasn't a good throw, and it went through his hands. So it's bad on both of them. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened with Slovis. And again, let's see what happens now that the Helton's out. Um, with both of them, and yeah, London four, four, uh, four catches, sixty-eight yards, touchdown. Um, stat line doesn't look bad, but when they lose like that, it looks bad. And he had the pick six off his hands, and he had another drop in the end zone. Uh, both of them just incredibly disappointing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stick in the Pac-12 for my next guy. Um, Mikhail Wright, I didn't think, played very well for Oregon against Ohio State. One of the – a corner who's by some considered top ten corner in the country, uh, corner prospect in the country. Um, on the Garrett Wilson touchdown, he just got caught asleep. Yeah. Well, he was looking at his wristband, right? The fucking play came in too late. Yeah. There was multiple guys it, doing it, it too. It just looked so bad yeah. on him. And, it, like, he deserves it. That was terrible. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't just that like he he was consistently I thought especially on Chris Olave stick grab like first down grabs he was getting beat um, he just couldn't I don't think was used to playing those types of receivers yeah those first round types of receivers which is totally fair but when you're a corner with first round hype um, you just I I thought lots of false steps which the Ohio State receivers are experts at uh, kind of doing that to you and, and creating separation through route running. Um, he just didn't look ready for those guys. Yeah, so I actually put a right versus Olave for prospect versus prospect matchup. Um, okay. And Olave won, obviously. Um, but, yeah, it was fun that they got into each other's faces early on. Um, right at 10 tackles, which is not good because – like he looks fine tackling, but a lot of those were just Give Olave. Yeah, exactly. Olave just beating him, uh, you know, flipping his hips quick, putting his foot in the ground, slants, hitches, stuff like that. Not not big plays, and then Wright just taking him down. But Wright getting beat. Um, and then there was the de- the late one in the fourth quarter where Olave beat him on a deep one. Uh, Wright was in pretty good coverage. Uh, the one that Olave actually got banged up on. Wright was in pretty good coverage, but <clears throat> Olave just flashed those late hands, and Wright couldn't find the ball. And that's, you know, a tough play. But like you said, when you're when you're kind of talked about as a first round type of dude, and you're going up with a certified first round guy, uh, you gotta kind of show up a bit. And again, they they won the game, but uh, no, I think it wasn't a great performance with Wright. I, I totally I totally agree with you. Um, I also. Jumping to the other Pac-12 Big Ten challenge game. Uh, Washington's top two defenders, not named Trent McDuffie. Um, Idufuan Ulafashio, the linebacker, mm-hmm. and, and, and Tully Litigasinoa. I can't say any of these names. Their interior defensive linemen. Two guys who I, I, I liked, I think, more than you over the summer. I thought both kind of... Ulafashio was just pushed around by that Michigan front. He made a ton of tackles, yeah, and he looked okay early. But as the game went on, he was just getting hammered. Could not sack and shed. Guards were just consistently washing him out of the play, or he'd be making the tackle ten yards downfield, 
so yeah, his lack of size and inability to get off blocks was a huge issue. Yeah, well, he had and like for ta- 14 tackles, right, though? But, you know, I agree yeah. with you. Yeah. And then for Tully, it was, he was just, again, the Mich- I thought the Michigan offensive line played pretty damn well. Um, yeah. Tully was just kind of did nothing. He was just kind of eating it. And, I mean, we t- we've we talked about both Michigan running backs. They were just – it wasn't just the running backs. It was that offensive line creating yeah. space for them all game and totally not eating space. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, I'm going to flip back to the last game. Similar idea. Uh, I put the Ohio State defensive line, Haskell Garrett, Zach Harrison. Okay. Were they all on right, the field? Uh, were they on the field? I, I Two weeks in a row with Haskell Garrett – at least Zach Harrison had the strip sack last week. Mm-hmm. But uh, two weeks in a row, Haskell Garrett has really struggled as a run defender. I actually did prospect prospect matchup with him and Alex Forsythe, the Oregon center, who I thought played a heck of a game. Yeah. That Oregon offensive line played awesome, which unsurprising given Mario Cristobal's their head coach. Yes. But <laughs> Forsythe looked great to me, and he was kind of the tone setter up front for a rushing attack. We haven't even mentioned C.J. Verdell, who ran yep. all over Ohio State. But that was a lot of... The off- Oregon offensive line just bullying the Buckeyes front seven. Yeah, they bullied them. And the linebackers were super bad. Oh. But <laughs> but when you have Haskell Garrett and you got Zach Harrison, I'm going to lump him in here too, especially well, against you, Ron Garrett. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. It, it, it's especially easy to – like the linebackers are all new starters. Exactly. Yeah. Gar- Garrett and, and, and Zach Harrison are guys who are considered some of the best of the position in the country. Exactly. Uh, exactly. I, I actually – I put – I put Harrison for overhyped, just yeah. for the record. Cause I had him later was, last week. He, yeah. yeah, he was irrelevant against Oregon. Terrible. No, I know. Like So zero pass rush from both of them, and they didn't throw the ball a hell of a lot. But still, you, you kind of hope that when Anthony Brown was back there, uh, that they would get something, especially Harrison. And like you just said, Oregon ran all over them. And the linebackers were bad, but they're, they're the big dogs. they got to step up, and they didn't. Um and the coaching staff did a terrible job where they just they just ran short side all day and they could not adjust. And it was just a Terry bad. Coombs has not done well as the defensive coordinator in Columbus. No. Nope. Um, so that, that's a just bad luck, yeah. My, I also put just kind of the top running backs in general. Um, Brees Hall didn't have a very spectacular game. Yeah. Plus that fumble killed them. Uh, Isaiah Spiller, I know he caught the game-winning touchdown, but – Really wasn't getting anything done on the ground. I put Spiller uh, for overhyped. I put Spiller for okay. overhyped. Yeah, he just didn't look very dynamic. Again, I know he caught that game-winning touchdown, but yeah. Uh, Kyron Williams, yeah. Um, he, he his best trait was his pass blocking, but uh, he didn't have a – given it's Toledo, you kind of expect a little bit more. and There wasn't a ton going for him uh-huh. either. The, run, the running back class in general, just this looks like maybe – not a not a great year thus far. No, that's a great point because this is college football. Um, so many offenses run through the run. Not like the NFL where it's quarterbacks. It's college football. They run through the running backs. And these were three teams that uh, needed these three running backs that could be argued. Well, Hall's the best player. Spiller could be argued the best player on Texas A&M. They needed these guys to step up. And you made a great point. They didn't. And in the NFL, yeah, okay, running backs don't matter. But in college football, they do. You need these guys to step up. And if I can jump to Spiller, yeah, I put him for overhyped because he made that one really sweet toe-tapping touchdown grab to win. He looks pretty good in the passing game, 6-6, six, six, catches 56 yards and a touchdown. Uh, but then you jump to Twitter, and I think you kind of felt the same thing. Uh, folks were acting like he had some terrific game because they just saw that 
touchdown. Um, but it was far no, from he, it. He, 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 he wasn't even the best running back at Texas A&M against Colorado. No, no, it, totally. It was um, it, it was totally Devin uh, Aiken or Aiken. Yeah, kind. Yeah, yeah, no. The the speedster from uh, the bowl game last year. Yeah, like was, yeah, Spiller, Spiller was not very good. And I know they were without Haynes King. He got hurt, but uh, like that, you would think in that situation against a team in Colorado, who I know. They were a shockingly good team last year in the short season. Mm-hmm. But like, no one thinks Colorado's a great team or anything. You lean on your running back, and, and he, he got so, he was doing so, so little. And a part of that's on the, on the offensive line. It's not like Green played a great game either. But, no, eight, 20 yards on eight carries. Um, like you said, yeah. you got to lean on him uh, when King is out. And, yeah, like, it's just, just – also, like, I'm, I felt like kind of what we saw in the summer where, like – I think we both went into watching Isaiah Spiller or like watching him live and thinking he's a really, really good pack. I, I thought I was going to go in there and fall in love with him, watch him in the summer. And I was like, okay, underwhelming. Like where he, he, he's finding the holes and he's making plays, but it's like, he's not, he's, he's not generating his plays. He's not creating his shots. If you want a basketball term. And it was like that this week where you like, like we just talked about, he's got to step up. Uh, he didn't, they needed more from him period. And I know he won the touch with the touchdown, but um, play to play, they needed more from him. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, out of nowhere. Okay, I didn't have you know. Last week I had so many guys, and this week I didn't I find it. I got a good one this week. Okay, okay. So, so you're gonna hate me. I really just did this to bug you, Kenny Pickett, because he was actually good. He was actually no, good. no, no, no. I, I, this doesn't bug me. I was look. I considered putting him down for. Um, shooting up the board only because the other quarterbacks in this class have not been playing well. And Kenny Pickett played quite well against Tennessee. The, 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 the first touchdown where he moved to the right and ripped it back across his body uh, over the middle. That was sweet. That was a great throw. Uh, mm-hmm. No, he looked really good. Yeah, not when Joe Milton was on the other side and <laughs> eventually got benched for Hendon Hooker. But <laughs> Joe Milton overshooting wide open wide receivers. Yeah, and, and Pickett wasn't turning the ball over against Tennessee. Uh, spinning the ball pretty well, putting zip on there, making plays outside of structure. And so, like, I, he was better than I expected. So, for me, he was out of nowhere that he actually be, had a prospects type of performance. And like you said, you pair that with the fact that none of these – I mean, Carson Strong hasn't gotten the microscope under him yet. Maybe maybe he's going to be the dude. And with Phil Tricovit out now and no one else really stepping up, Howell's okay this week. But anyways, um, Pickett, Pickett's got a shot here. Pickett's got a shot. I thought you were going to say Jason Bean. I put him – I put him for a uh, for a uh, small school guy. Oh, it was Kansas. We're just calling Kansas a small school. Now. Yeah, it was a direct shot on Kansas, and that's why I put him there. He's a North Texas transfer, so that and that too. School. Yeah, let's talk Jason. Bean the here. team of Paris, I've heard. Um, my out of nowhere prospect is Hayden Henry, the Arkansas linebacker. Because mm-hmm. I think we we heard a lot about Grant Morgan and Bumper Pool last year. Their their <laughs> other two linebackers. Yeah. And against Texas, Hayden Henry was everywhere. Even even when, yeah, a couple times he missed tackles, but because he get down in, in in fill so quickly, and he would bounce off Bijan Robinson, but someone else would come and clean it up for a TFL. <laughs> so he ended up with fifteen tackles, two and a half TFLs. He was freaking flying downhill. I also thought he looked surprisingly good in coverage at times. Like he he covered Bijan Robinson a couple times and, and like looked solid. Uh, Hunter Henry's little brother. And yeah, bumper pool suspended still, I think is what it is. So they needed him to come in and step up. No, that's a good one. Um, 
prospect who made me look stupid, I said Emery Jones. Who, who do you got this week? Uh, I had Kirkland. Oh, yeah, right. Talked about him at an awesome. Let's move on. My prospect versus prospect matchup was a right versus Olave. We talked about that. What do you got? Uh, I have four, say. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're just Pro- fine now. <laughs> prospect, you have played the box car. Um, so, last week I had Lewis seen as one of them, the Georgia safety, even though he yep. had a, a handful of tackles and everything. So, this week, kind of similar idea. I'm with Jalen Catalan, the Arkansas safety. It's a good one. Who, who looked... Like, he, he had eight tackles and broke up a pass, but, like, I thought he played bigger than that. Um, like, yeah. Texas did nothing in the passing game. Hudson Card got benched. Uh, they're starting Casey Thompson going forward now. Smart decision. Smart decision. We had the whole – there was so much Hudson Card hype uh, leading up to the season, too, so I guess that was all a lie. Um, but, yeah, so I thought Catalan looked, like, really good in coverage, and that was kind of my uh, concern with him over the summer, even though I, like, mm-hmm. I love him is he's a box safety killer but he he did a really good job protecting the back end and look look smooth and and instinctual in coverage uh who do you think's going to draft him the cowboys or the raiders because i think it's going to be one of the two i don't know why uh, that just popped in my head depends <laughs> if mike mayock's still gm yeah mayock will love him and uh jerry will love the the arky connection um yep. <laughs> he's been really good no he definitely has uh i'm gonna go with a bit of a deeper cut but i thought the most fun Offensive player on the field uh, in the Iowa-Iowa State game was Charlie Jones, Iowa's wide receiver, who uh, had two catches for 36 yards and a touchdown. But he was getting open over the top all day, and he nearly made a couple crazy catches, just getting downfield. It was fun as hell. And you pair that in with he's a really good punt returner at 53 yards of four punt returns. Uh, and you know how I always cheat where you don't really look, you don't you don't notice it in the box score, so I'm including that here. Uh, look like a guy to keep your eye on. I thought he was really interesting. I like that. That was, that, that was a very good one. Um, overhyped, I had Zach Harrison. I had Isaiah Spiller. Transfer of the week, we both got Wondell Robinson. I know it. We both got both Kentuckys. Wondell Robinson, Will Levis. Transfer transfer you, baby. Robinson, so they start the game by running a jet sweep to yeah. Robinson. Like 64 yards. Play. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then uh, just throughout the game, throughout the game, he just kept getting open. I, I think he had a drop, but... Other than that, still had 101 yards, looked really explosive, um, smooth on routes. He ran one out of the slot, kind of a, a slot fade type, or almost more of a wheel. But it was it was easy money. Uh, had another nice run later. Uh, and then Levis, who – Levis didn't have, like, an amazing game or anything. Yeah. But he, he looks good. Like, he's a big athletic quarterback and a class-lacking quarterback talent. Um, I think – Especially with Liam, uh, Liam Cohen, the former plays like this Kentucky offense is so different than what we've seen in the past. And yeah, we didn't mention are, are, are and Chris awesome. Rodriguez was fantastic too. Yep, just just add and, that and in. You there. know what? Uh, Darrell Rosenthal, he had he he got beat pretty bad at one point in pass protection, but he looked really good operating in space on screens and run plays. I hope Kentucky. Make some noise in this SEC. Uh, I, th- I love Kentucky football. No, they're likable like this year, but they're very likable. I, I yeah. just love Stoops. He's done such um, a good job. No, yeah, and Wondell had that, that awesome post route later in the game too, where he just kind of toasted. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's he's. I don't know if I'm missing anyone, but he looks like he's going to be that gadget, that top gadget deep threat dude this this draft. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, he, him and I, Smith at Texas A&M. Yeah, no, that's a good one. And quickly on Levis, I watching him, I thought like he had a massive game. I go and look at the box score, and he didn't really, but yeah, like I it know. felt like he did. Yeah, every I kind of like he just kept hitting big passes. He didn't throw a lot because they don't they just don't yeah, like, throw that much. But yeah, no, he's really good too. He's a, yeah, they're they're a fun team. Um, small school guy who caught your eye. Yeah, I spoiled it. Jason Bean, quarterback, Kansas. Like you said, uh, from the team of Paris, North Texas. Uh, he's redshirt junior. He is fun. He is pure fun. Uh, he's fast as hell. He's just a smooth, like long speed glider runner. Had 102 yards and a, a beautiful touchdown run that you can go see on uh, Seven Rounds in Heaven's Twitter account. Please follow. Um, <laughs> had an 889 yards uh, passing. Didn't turn the ball over, but only 12 of 23. Um, whippy arm. He's got a good whippy arm. He had that one throw. Also can go see on our Twitter account uh, where he's moving to the left, drops it 40 yards back into the middle. Uh, like Not an amazing throw, but just flashing some arm talent there was really interesting. Um, he's going to be interesting to watch. Obviously, I don't think he's going to come out or anything. Maybe he's going to get a look as uh, a non-quarterback athlete down the road yeah, too. As a but, receiver. Yeah, but he's got the arm. He's got an interesting enough arm to – keep him in the quarterback vein as a just for us now and uh Leipold's got this team playing way 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 better than they've been I know they lost to Coastal but uh it wasn't an embarrassing game at all uh so Kansas can be interesting to watch um my small school guys goes is a combo of Bryant Kobach in, in the running back at Toledo and the receiver Devin Maddox mm-hmm. those two were creating big they both had a huge a huge play each and, yep. and they were kind of um exposing Notre Dame's defense at times. They combined for 265 total yards on 32 touches. Um, yeah, both. I mean, I didn't have, like, a clear-cut actual prospect for this, but those two I, th- I thought deserved a bit of a shout-out because they look really good against Notre Dame. Jason Candle, good job. Good, good job, Jason Candle. No, I totally agree. That's good picks. Um, okay, before we make our picks for the week, tune into Spotify Green Room every day. For any time anyone goes live, um, AJ will be going live later today to break down Western Carolina's seventy-six nothing loss to Oklahoma. The a- AJ's recently started a Catamounts uh, Spotify green room and it's it's doing really well. Uh, go Cats, amounts. Uh, just download the Spotify green room <laughs> app free in the iOS app store. It's a live audio only platform. Okay, I went four and one on my Rob's my five last week. I know you did. I went two and three. I, uh, we flipped on the. I can't believe Texas just dog shit. That's you got a big win over me Told there. You. And uh, Florida, Emory Jones pissed me off. Anyways, yeah, the other ones, whatever. Yeah, two and three. <laughs> uh, I feel like we're gonna have a lot of different games this week though. Yeah, maybe it's not a, again. It's I, I think we'll have the two big ones, and other than that, maybe maybe not. I'm gonna start at noon. ABC, Michigan State at number twenty four Miami. Um, Miami lost big to Alabama week one. Struggled with Appalachian State week two. Uh, six and a half point favorites at home. I'm taking Michigan State. Big like Ten that. pride. Big Ten pride. We saw what Kenneth Walker did at uh, week one for Michigan State against Northwestern. Um, I think, and I, I saw a couple um, highlights from the their win over Youngstown State. Yeah, I know it's Youngstown State, but like they look, Peyton Thorne looked pretty good. I think uh, Mel Tucker's got this Michigan State team playing 
kind of above its weight class right now. And Miami just looks so putrid. Uh, yeah, like if that game was in Boone, App State wins, I feel like. If they don't have the the dangling cat magic of Miami, App State, App State wins. No, I didn't yep. play that game, but I think that's a good pick. Um, although I guess Miami's run has been okay, so I guess that's okay-ish, I guess, because they weren't even gassed too much by Alabama as they kind of could have been. They weren't good. But that's going to be kind of an interesting matchup to see Walker against them. Um, I don't have that game. I'm going to stick at noon, though. Uh, FS1, Vodtech at West Virginia. Uh, the Mountain. By the way, old Big East matchup. I love it. I wish this game was at night on a Thursday, though. Uh, the Mountaineers are minus two and a half. I'm taking the Hokies. I'm taking the Hokies. I don't think West Virginia's looked that good. I think Hokies have looked really good. Um, <clears throat> Maryland beat the, uh, the Mountaineers. Uh, I think Vatek and Maryland are kind of like on the same level. I thought this would be – again, it's, it's the magic of Morgantown, right? I understand that. But mm-hmm. I still think – I think Vatek goes in there and wins, wins outright. So if you're giving me points, I, I'll take that. The noon slate's bad, eh? Yeah, but I picked three of those games so I can actually kind of – I guess oh, some interesting, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, give me your other two noons and then we'll get – because I don't have any other noons. Yeah, Fox, Noon, Nebraska, Oklahoma. I guess they thought this was a big game. Uh, Oklahoma's minus 22. <laughs> give, me, give me the Sooners. That's all I got to say there. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's much to say there. Uh, noon on ESPN. This game could have been interesting, but Indiana's mm-hmm. looked bad. Cincy minus three at, uh, in Bloomington. Uh, the Bearcats struggled the first half last week uh, against Morgan State. I don't remember what team it was now. Uh, but they end up yeah. winning like forty. Murray State, Murray Murray State, Murray State, Murray State yeah. Uh, go Racers. Um, they, they end up winning forty nine to seven. Uh, give me, give me the Bearcats minus three at Indiana. Uh, the defense is still good. Uh, Sauce Gardner is still there. My Jay Sanders. Um, if Michael Penix is throwing picks against Iowa, I don't think he's going to do much better against Cincy. Give me the Bearcats. Although this could be a huge bounce back for the for for Indiana, but I don't think it's happening. Bearcats cover and win easy. Um, my question to you is: noon on Saturday, what what are your main games going to be? Just given this late, uh, obviously you're going to watch Northern Iowa or Northern Illinois, Michigan. But um, like, is Virginia Tech, West Virginia your other main game? Uh, no, because it's not on TV. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, it's FS1. Fuck. Yeah, I, I'll I'll have it on though. Yes, I'll have that on for sure. Yeah, C- um, Cincinnati, Indiana. Yes, I'm just yeah, trying I, for my own preference. I'm trying to figure out what I'll be watching. I'm going to no, watch Michigan State, Miami, and then I'm I'm leaning Cincinnati, Indiana as my number two game. It's always hard when there's like these in between fucking games yeah. where like, like the like they're so I don't know what to put on here. I'm I'm trying to pull up our television schedule, but that's going to take too long. Um, yeah, <laughs> give it. me give me your pick, and I'll tell you what's on on Saturday. Okay, three thirty CBS, number one Alabama. 15.5-point favorites in the Swamp at number 11, Florida. Alabama has given us no reason not to bet that 15.5. And, uh, and Florida's given us no reason to believe they'll cover, especially if Emory Jones is starting. Based on um, what we've seen thus far, I mean, they couldn't cover against South Florida. Uh, Alabama's a machine. Florida's worse this year than last year. Yeah. Alabama, like, uh, I, I think this is a, like a 49-20 Alabama-type win. Like, I don't think it's close. 
you think Florida can score a twenty on Bama? No, I totally agree. 50, I I got Bama. Yeah, on his it, Anthony and Richardson's five plays. Yes, they're scoring some points. Right, he's gonna produce three touchdowns on on seven snaps or something like that. But other than that, uh, it's not happening. No, it's not happening. If this, I mean, you already said forty nine to twenty, but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even like the magic of the swamp. I don't think it's gonna be a big deal. I think Bama is just gonna go in there take care of business. Flores a little uh, over touted. By the way, uh, our our the Canadian Sports Network TSN has College Football on every channel, but doesn't say what's on yet. So I don't know what the hell I'm gonna be watching. Perfect. Um, okay, but you took Alabama as well, yeah. I took Alabama. Yeah, you got what two more left? Okay, seven thirty. ABC number twenty-two. Auburn. At number 10, Penn State, it's a whiteout game. The fans are back. Penn State's back. Penn State owns the Big Ten now because Ohio State sucks. Uh, I always roll Big Ten teams. Nittany Lions, six-point favorites at home, whiteout game. I don't bet against that. I also think Bonix sucks. I uh, I think this is a big bounce-back year for Penn State. James Franklin's got to show the USC brass what he's got. And um, Penn State, I don't think their offense is very good. But we saw, one, Brandon Smith looked good uh, mm-hmm. in, in that week one win uh, against Wisconsin. Two, Temple transfer. I can't even think of his name right now. Uh, like I, can't, pa- I can think of it, but I can't pronounce it. Yeah, elite pass rusher. They got dogs in the secondary. Jaquan Brisker, one of the top safeties in the country. Joey Porter Jr. on that defense. I think the Penn State defense just beats up on Bo Nix. Bonix didn't even Auburn rolled Alabama State and Bonix didn't even look good. I kind of want to pick Auburn just to go to the other direction. And like I don't think Auburn. Nah, fuck. I'm gonna roll with Penn State. I'm gonna pick Penn State. Uh, what'd you say it was? I got six and a half. Do you got six? I got six. Okay, let's let's move it down because we're both on Penn State. Say minus. No wait. Okay. No, let's let's move it up. Sorry, make it a little more interesting. Six and a half. Six and a half. Um, yeah, I'll take Penn State too. Um, I don't think they're gonna blow them out though. I think like a ten point Penn State win. Is that all your games? That's all my games. What's your last one? Okay. So here's my fun, funky one. I got two more still. I've only done three. Oh, oh my God. My fun, funky one, 8 p.m. ESPN2, Tulane, at number 17, Ole Miss. <laughs> That's a, that Tulane? is a fun, funky one. Yeah. Tulane, two 14 and a half dogs uh, in Oxford. I'm taking Tulane. Willie Fritz got these boys playing. They played Oklahoma tough. They uh they dominated Morgan State and everyone knows how good that those Morgan State Grizzlies are. Um, like the the two Tulane's always gonna be able to run the ball uh, under Willie Fritz, but Michael Pratt, that dude looks legit at quarterback. We talked about him um, a couple times last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And. I, I I don't know. I just think it's going to be a high-scoring game, and, and Tulane's going to stay in it. They stayed in it with Oklahoma. Why not Ole Miss? Oh, good point. I like that. That's fun. Just, yeah, makes it more fun for me to have a weird one. And then my final one, uh, a little kind of, kind of, kind of Pac-12 after dark. I You know, I used to think of BYU as a kind of a, a Pac-12 team, but now they're joining the Big 12. So, uh, but 10-15, ESPN, number 19, Arizona State. At number 23, BYU, the Sun Devils are three-and-a-half-point favorites at Lavella Brute Stadium. I'm I didn't realize BYU. that. Yeah. That, I wasn't going to take this game just because, uh, I don't know, I don't care that much about it. 
But yeah. uh, it's two ranked teams, and I, I was shocked to see that um, BYU are, are home dogs. And Jaron Halls looked really good at quarterback for them. Yeah. Uh, they, they've been, like, Sataki's kind of making you think, Maybe they've got this program trending in the right direction. It wasn't just a Zach Wilson thing. Like, they beat Utah last week. They beat Arizona the week before. They're rolling through the Pac-12. And now they're at uh, home against these guys. And you're, like, I don't know. I just, Arizona State's got a lot up in the air right now, given their off-season situation. So, I I think the Cougs cover that. I think the Cougs win. I haven't tuned into an Arizona State game yet, but... Keeping my eyes on the scores because there's not a lot of games they're playing that late. Uh, they, they haven't won really impressively or convincingly at all. That um, that's why I'm I'm shocked that they're favored in like at BYU after BYU's coming off the upset of Utah. I think this is almost a classic. No one's watching these games like they should be because I don't know. Do you see anyone talk about this BYU Utah game? It's a holy no, war. I didn't see anyone mention. It. I mean, I went to bed at the end of the third quarter, so. Um, yeah, no one's no one's really talking about it, and BYU is not flashy this year, but they're good. They're still really good. No, yeah. Jaron Hall's fun quarterback. That Lavelle Edwards crowd—they're going to be all on a sugar rush. <laughs> they're going to be hyped up. Do you see that last week? They showed like the difference in the line between the beer stand and the and the pop guy, and it was like uh, no, I missed guy. that. The pop guy is swarmed, and there's n- there's no lineup at the beer stand. Uh, Utah, amazing place. Um, so they're gonna be they're gonna be all uh, coked up, but literally on coke. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I like that. That's a good pick. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, that's it. That's uh, that's all we've got. Michigan's got a chance to win the Big Ten. Ohio State's frauds. I don't know. I don't know anymore, AJ. I was here. I was here.